43-year-old mother of five goes missing, only to be found dead in her mansion basement. But investigators believe there's more to this story than meets the eye. This is the story of Michelle Castillo. Hi guys. Hey, what's up everyone? So, um, yeah, we had a lot of technical difficulties today. So if the audio is a little bit off, it's because we're doing things a little bit different. So bear with us. Um, But hopefully it'll still be a good show. Yes, we're sharing a mic currently because my mic is refusing to work. Um, so F her, but hopefully it still sounds good for you guys. But we did not want to miss a week, so we are duct taping life together and we're pushing through. Yep, trekking on. <laughs> but uh, we are drinking tonight another bottle of the peach Bavarian and wine. Um Again, that was donated from Mama and Papa Miller. So thank you. As delicious as the first time. Thank you. Thank you. We love this one. Um, Also, we want to um, say congratulations to our top winner, Ken Kalarzik from Southgate for winning the Big Basket. And Charlie Lynn and Keith Henry for our runners-up. Thank you so much for listening and donating, and we hope you enjoy the prizes. But we are starting over now for October's, so feel free to donate. And um, it will be a Michael Myers theme, so everything that you get will have to do with the movie Halloween or Michael Myers. Yes, so make sure you get your donations in for this month of October, and then we'll be drawing those at the end of the month as well. yeah, uh, super cool stuff, so you don't definitely don't want to miss out on that. So today's story, Crystal's going to take us through a journey. She picked this one, and I am going to listen and follow along, just as you listeners, and hope we all enjoy it. Yes. Let's dive in. Alrighty, so Braulio and Michelle Castillo were a couple who, just like most, started off strong. Both of them wanted a big family. They adopted their first two children, and then they had three more of their own. Together, both Braulio and Michelle ran a highly successful IT company. And because of his wounded status as an Army veteran, Braulio was first in line for very high-paying government jobs. And because of that, he was basically awarded millions and millions of dollars in contracts. So not too shabby, you know, they were living it up as millionaires with all this money that they had coming in, both from their thriving business, uh, but also from the relief contracts that Braulio was awarded as well. Uh, They were definitely successful in the financial aspect of life, but uh, you know what they say, money does not buy you happiness. I can try. Let's try it. Let's see. I know. I was about to say, like, side note, like, obviously, I get that that's true, but, like, it doesn't hurt to have a lot of money, you know? At least I could imagine. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Michelle ended up filing for divorce in April of 2013, uh, and she secured a protective order against Braulio. In an interview with True Crime Daily, their oldest son, Nick, says that there was plenty of verbal and mental abuse coming from his father, not only directed at Michelle, but directed towards him and the other kids as well. 
Some of the info that came from the divorce papers was really disturbing. I guess one time Braulio locked Michelle in a closet for a couple of hours demanding that he have sex with her. Like, that's just so messed up. Yeah. Michelle was always scared of him, and she even told her friends repeatedly, quote, if something happens to me, Braulio's the one that killed me. I mean, like, wow, imagine hearing your friends say that to you. Like, about their husband. I mean, if you ever said that to me about your husband, I just don't even know what I would do with that information. Yeah, probably like, um, maybe it's time that we go on a little vacation somewhere. Let's get you out of the house. Yeah. Let's, um, Let's leave him and move somewhere far away and never speak to him again. How maybe about change that? your name. Yes, like that. You like I, Consuela Banana Hammock? Perfect. <laughs> All right. That's, that's, oh, but we just gave it away. Okay, we'll, uh, we'll talk off air. It's okay. We'll, we'll come up with something. <laughs> but yeah, the Castillos were married for about 18 years, uh, but before the divorce papers were even fully finished, he had already moved on to someone else. He was dating a triathlon athlete, I guess, and also moved right down the street from Michelle, which, like, that's super weird to me. Like, if you're getting a divorce, why in the world would you choose to live so close to the person that you're divorcing? But Michelle's son, Nick, describes her as a caring, loving, and joyful person. She had an extremely close and healthy relationship with her kids, and after the divorce, she focused her time on being the best mom for her kids, as well as, I guess, bettering herself just mentally and physically overall. On March 19th, 2014, Michelle got together with her and Braulio's lawyers to sign and finalize their divorce. Michelle was seeking somewhere between $14,000 to $17,000 a month from Braulio in child support. I know, I know. Which, like, when I first read that, you know, I was like, damn. Uh, but then I remembered that they were obviously millionaires, so I guess maybe that isn't so shocking for people uh, who aren't as broke as I am. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that number was kind of like a little jarring. When I first read that, I was like, well, dang. Um, but Braulio's lawyer, I guess, kept insisting that Michelle drop the protection order against Braulio for the finalized divorce agreement, but Michelle refused and kept the order in standing. In fact, Braulio was not allowed to go to the house even when he would pick up and drop off the kids. So, like, he couldn't be anywhere near her at all. In my opinion, that just goes to show, like, how truly terrified she was of him. Like, she wanted to be nowhere near this man at all. Um, but unfortunately, that the court's decision, it ended up getting delayed. And how heartbreaking that you don't trust this man, you're scared of this man, but you got to watch your kids drive away with this man and pray that he brings them back. Honestly, like, that's so scary because if she's that scared of him, and then, yeah, like, her son was saying he was, like, abusive towards them as well. Like, I don't know. I'm sure she was trying to get full custody or something as well. Um, but yeah, later that night after the divorce meeting, Michelle goes, she picks up the kids after a visit they were having with Braulio. Um, She had been out with her friends celebrating because she had just found out that she actually had qualified to compete in the Boston Marathon. So she was super excited for that because she worked really hard to get to that point. That's a big uh, marathon. That's a, definitely something to be celebrated if you can do that. Honestly, yeah, that's no joke. Like, 
and she was like working really hard to get there. So, yeah. Um, so she got the kids, brought them home, put them to bed. You know, she set the security alarm and then went to bed. According to the lead investigator, Mark McCarthy, the kids woke up the next morning calling their father terrified because they said they couldn't find their mom and she wasn't there. They were crying and very upset on the phone with him. So, you know, Braulio, of course, cannot come to the house because of the protective order against him. So he goes to take his kids to school and he calls a neighbor to head over to the house to look and check around the house or anywhere for Michelle. So the neighbor was the one who ended up calling the cops and they thought it was super weird that Braulio was not the one to call them and that he just like brought the kids to school like nothing serious was going on, which I don't know, red flag number one in my opinion. Um, But you know, we don't know what's what's going on yet, but still just kind of weird. Nick, Michelle and Braulio's oldest son, was always at, or he was away at college at the time and got the call that his mother had gone missing. He said he was freaking out at this point and just kept constantly calling her and hoping for an answer and calling others for any updates that they had. Cops finally arrived uh, to search the home and unfortunately discovered a gruesome scene. They found Michelle hanging from a shower head in the bathroom in the basement from an electrical cord wrapped around her neck. A shower head? That's pretty heavy. I know. It, I don't, it must have been some really sturdy shower head because, yeah, she had like a, an electrical cord wrapped around it and then around her neck. Um, but yeah, that's just so sad. And, I mean, thank God the children were not the ones to find her like good thing they didn't go down there and find her like that because I don't know that just would have been way too gruesome and traumatizing I'm sure for them to see their mom like that um so it looked very much like a suicide scene to the police at first glance um however after looking deeper into things it seemed a little sketchy to be ruled 100% a suicide yeah I'm gonna call suspicion already yeah yeah exactly Lead investigator McCarthy says that it was odd because she was, um, you know, she was forward and her hair had been pulled in front of her face and the cord was pulled around top of her hair. He says that um, he has dealt with a lot of suicide cases in his career and he has never seen anything like that. The whole thing just looked really staged, I guess. Uh, But, you know, the house was locked and the alarm was all set. So, like, who could have even done this? Of course, my mind at this point uh, goes directly to Braulio, but Michelle made absolute certain that Braulio did not have that code, Um, you know, so would it even be possible for it to be him? And, like, the alarm never went off or anything. They find ways. They always do. I know. And how old were the kids again? Um, I'm not sure. They were all different ages. One was away at college. Um, Some of them were younger. I'll say if they were younger, then... Younger kids are very easy to manipulate to give me the code. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If he's like playing the, you know, the dad card, like, oh, I just need this for whatever. Mom said. Yeah, exactly. Um. So, yeah, people in her life were very shocked to hear that Michelle took her own life. Um, that's what they were saying at that point as they were still kind of investigating things. It was very confusing to her children and the people around her because they all described her as like, happy and joyful for life. Um, Even just that same night, her friend said that she was so excited for her opportunity to, you know, participate in the Boston Marathon. 
So you'd think like she has this big thing coming up that she's so excited for, you know, you wouldn't expect someone to take their life right before, you know, doing that. Uh, I mean, of course, that's not to say that anyone can tell when someone is feeling, you know, suicidal or anything. Unfortunately, some people hide their feelings very well. Um, and no one sees that they're feeling that way. But in this specific case, something just didn't seem right, um, especially because of how the crime scene was looking to police. And I will say, like, again, like you said, you know, you can't always tell somebody's suicidal or what they're thinking. But I would like to believe that if I was being abused and I left my husband and I knew my kids are being abused, I'm not going to off myself leaving my kids with their abuser yeah because then he would have them full time like so to me that seems kind of sketchy like yeah i feel like i would be the one protector Mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah so everything just seemed not right about calling it a suicide um investigator mccaffrey called up braulio and he just said he wanted to meet up and speak with him right away um, so Braulio lives super close, like I mentioned before, to Michelle's house. So it didn't take long at all for him to get to his house. Um, he says when he got there, Braulio was on the phone and he just says, I'm on the phone with my lawyer and he's advising me not to speak with you until he is present. Which like this is super fishy because in reality, Braulio should not know yet like what that Michelle was even found dead. He didn't know. So like why is he already making a plan of action with his lawyer when he you know, technically doesn't know why the investigator is even there to talk to him in the first place. That's like red flag number two. Spish, spish, spish. Exactly. Um, McAfee has noticed from that interaction that Braulio had a black eye and a scratch running down his face as well. So this makes Braulio now a prime suspect in the death of Michelle Castillo. However, police first must prove that Michelle died from a murder and not from a suicide. So investigator McAfee went to the autopsy the next day and there were apparently extensive injuries on Michelle's body. Obviously injury to her neck, but bruising to her face as well. And both of her shins of her legs were were badly bruised. The shins consisted of the wounds to someone who would have gotten kicked by someone else. You know, not someone who, you know, hung themselves by the shower. So that was also very telling to police as well. Prosecutor Nicole Whitman shares the belief of murder with investigator McAfee. She truly does not believe the suicide explanation of Michelle's death. um, And soon the forensic evidence comes out to support that conclusion as well. Also, there were no fingerprints at all in the shower. Michelle was found in, like, like not even hers. So police highly believe that it was wiped down after she died because, you know, if she did kill herself, her fingerprints should at least have been found there. There was also spatter blood stains found on Michelle's shirt as well. And the CSI team actually also found blood on a pillowcase in Michelle's bed after one of her sons had mentioned that the way her bed was made different than how she normally made the bed. Which, like, that's, I mean, that's kind of interesting that, like, one of her little kids noticed, hey, my mom doesn't normally make her bed like that. You know, her bed's made different. And, like, he told the investigators that. So I thought that that was definitely 
you know, cool that he helped out in that way just because he noticed how differently it was made. Yeah, little kids pick up on that stuff, especially if they help you make the bed or, you know, you're a little kid, you jump up on your parents' bed or your mom's bed, you lay with them, watch TV. I mean, it's the little things like that that kids notice. Exactly, exactly. Um, while the blood stains and other DNA was sent out to be processed, uh, police looked deeper into Braulio's history. Uh, so remember how Braulio gets a lot, and I mean a lot, of money from being a wounded veteran? Well, detectives actually found out that his injury actually happened when he was playing football in prep school, and he just lied about it happening during his time in the military. Big yikes. <laughs> like, how do you lie about that? If a football injury saying that you got wounded as a veteran. I mean, that's so messed up. He didn't even serve in the military, by the way. He was at a military prep school playing football where he injured his ankle. Now, Congresswoman Tammy Duckworth, who is an actual Army veteran who lost both of her legs and the use of one arm while in a chopper in Iraq, she completely obliterated Braulio in 2013 before Congress. It was actually iconic, uh, and I highly recommend you search up the video on YouTube because it's so cool. It's just great. She says, like, oh, hi, Mr. Castillo. How are you? Does your foot hurt, hurt today? Oh, so does mine. She goes on to read his letter asking for benefits due to his injury and just makes him look like a total ass um, in front of everyone. And it's just, it's great. I highly recommend you search that on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we should post a video later. Yeah. On our, our social, because I don't even think I've seen that one. It's so good. Like My she... friend was supposed to send me the name, and um, she forgot. Yeah, she has memory problems, so it's really a <laughs> constant issue. That If you haven't picked up on it, that friend is me. Um. <laughs> I wasn't going to say stuff out loud. I was just... It's okay. I own it. I Having own it. people sense the tone. <laughs> I own it. I uh, need to, I don't know, get on some of those memory pills or something. <laughs> but will you remember to take them? That is so funny. <laughs> My mom takes them. At, side note, sorry. Um, and she sometimes will be like, did I take my memory pill today? I'm like, how ironic. <laughs> I know. It's kind of an issue, but okay. Um, <laughs> so now back to Michelle's case. Uh, Detective McAfee goes around the neighborhood just to ask people for any security footage of the street of that night that they may have, you know, because he needs any evidence there is. He gets his hands actually on a video from the neighbors across the street from Michelle's house. It shows Michelle arriving home at 8.19 p.m. with the kids. Unfortunately, there is no sign of an intruder or a possible suspect. Like, ugh! so close he gets the video but then he doesn't see anything to like help prove that someone killed her now McAfee at this point like he's trying to figure this case out and one night he was just laying in bed racking his brain you know how this could have possibly happened he said that his wife actually watches like all these crime shows you know, a woman after our own heart. Um, Who does that? I know, weird. ID channel one. <laughs> Dateline. Who? Exactly. <laughs> she actually suggested to him, 
well, what if he had gotten inside the house before they got home and before she set the alarm? Like, when I heard this, I was like, yes, I love that true crime super fan coming in handy, you know? Exactly. I feel like I could solve a case one day. I mean, I don't want to be involved in a case, but, like, I feel like I could maybe help solve one. (laughs) So, (laughs) thanks to McAfee's wife's suggestion, he calls up the CSI team to ask to see the footage at and after 8 p.m. because that was the last known time that Braulio was seen. And lo and behold, he sees a suspicious man running down the street at 8.09 p.m. and enters Michelle's house. And at 8.19 is when Michelle and the kids enter the house. And then at 12.31 a.m., he sees a figure running out of the house. So, like, that's a huge breakthrough for detectives, you know, seeing an intruder enter in the house, which, like, just further supports their murder theory. Um, But, unfortunately, they cannot make out who it is in the videos. So, although Braulio is their top suspect, they still can't prove at this point that it was him. But they know someone did it because they saw someone running in the house and running out. So, they're a little bit further. I feel like that's always a thing. Well, it's just a little too dark. The camera just didn't pick it up. They were in the shadow. like I know, where it's just like, just a little hair makes all the difference. It's crazy. 17 days after Michelle's body was found, police brought it in, in uh, cadaver dogs. So basically, they smell for scents of the deceased body. Now, this was 17 days later. Michelle's body was gone, and the whole house had been cleaned. You know, sheets were changed and everything. But the two places that the dogs alerted with Michelle's death scent was, of course, in the shower that she was found in. But they also... Uh, sniffed out the scent at the foot of her bed. So investigators strongly believe that Michelle was killed and died in her bedroom on her bed and then was moved to the basement shower to make it look like it was a suicide. DNA test results finally come back and successfully match. You guessed it, Braulio Castillo. So it was his blood on Michelle's shirt and on one of the pillowcases on her bed. You know, ding, ding, ding. Gotcha, motherfucker. <laughs> it took some time, but they got you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> they always get caught, you know. They try to be sneaky, but there's always a way. Uh, now, McCaffrey finds Castillo. He's just chilling in a Starbucks in their local Virginia town. And he just arrested him right there. McAfee describes it as a nice moment, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Put your latte down and raise your hand. Exactly. <laughs> Could you imagine just, by the way, sitting in a Starbucks and then seeing someone get arrested, like, sitting in there? That'd be amazing. I know. I would, like, love it, actually. <laughs> oh, my God. We're twisted. Um, but plot twist. On the night before the trial is set to go, McAfee gets fired by the sheriff's department. He claims it was because he voted for his boss's opponent in the election that was going on. 
Um, you know, I'm not really sure if that's true or not, but the part that was bad about all of this um, is because the defense could use his firing as a way of claiming bad evidence, you know, kind of saying he's not trustworthy um, and just kind of making everything that he worked for to find in this case look like it was like messed with in some way. Prosecutor Nicole Whitman says she was extremely worried that the defense would try and convince the jury that McAfee got fired and couldn't be trusted, so none of his evidence that he found in this case should be trusted either. Michelle Ambrolio's son, Nick, says he couldn't fully believe it was his dad who killed his mom until he saw the surveillance footage that the neighbors had provided, and he said when he watched it, it like hit him. You know, he, he said, yeah, that is my dad. I mean, and to, for him to confirm that and, like, literally say, that's my dad, I feel like that's his dad, you know? Yeah, it's got to be hard, like. Oh, yeah. Like, obviously, he had a, you know, not the help, most healthiest relationship with his dad in the first place, but to even think that his dad would murder his mom, that's just a whole new level. And his mom is dead, dead and now his dad's going to prison, so it's like, and he's got younger siblings. I know. Like, oh, what it's a mess. so sad. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Michelle's nine-year-old son, he appeared in court during the trial, and some more substantial evidence came from that. I guess that night um, that Michelle had got, um, you know, murdered, he had left his blankie that he sleeps with every night in his mom's room. And he says he got up after being asleep for a little while to see his dad handing him his blankie. Like, if that doesn't just, like, literally say guilt, I don't know what does. Like, I mean, come on. Like, what more evidence does there need to be? He then goes on to say, I know you did it, Dad. You yelled at me to give you the house's passcode. Like, you, like, you know, you call up, my dude. Your son's calling you out. Your nine-year-old son. He's not just pulling out this information from nowhere. Did I tell you? They manipulate the kids. Facts. 100%. So, of course, the jury finds Braulio Castillo guilty of first-degree murder. He was sentenced to life without parole plus 16 years. Michelle's children remain all together in a different home, but all still wonder, you know, why this senseless act that their father did even had to happen in the first place. This is just so sad. You know, that such a loved mother and person in general just died for no good reason at all. And it's so scary to think that, like, once she was, like, she fell in love and trusted Braulio and had children with him at one point, and then he just ended up murdering her, which is, like, so scary to think how someone can just truly, like, be a monster and you don't even know it. Like, and it happens all the time where, like, the husband kills the wife or vice versa wife kills husband you just like think you know someone and then snap i don't know so it's really sad that she had to die because i don't know because he was angry i don't know if it was because of like the the child support money if he was just angry about the divorce if he was just a violent person you know like it could be all of those things sounds like a controlling issue yeah exactly I mean, the fact that he even moved just so close to her is kind of like. To taunt her. Exactly. And keep her in fear. Mm-hmm. For, obviously, it worked. She was in fear. And 
it played out how she thought it was. I mean, she told her best friend, hey, this happens. Yeah. Could you imagine, like, all the people? I mean, yeah, and, like, bitch, oh, <laughs> shut up. I just got that. I just, <laughs> it just clicked. Oh, <laughs> good, good one, good one. <laughs> no, but, like, being her friend, and she told you this before, like, if I die, if I end up dead, Braulio killed me. And then she ends up dead, and you know that she said this, and you're like, people, people, listen to me, Braulio killed her. Well, if you ever say it to me, I'm going to have you put it in writing with a signature and a blood stamp of your Oh, thumb. super serious. Okay. Like, like for sure. And, getting we have, it, like, and we have to add video evidence, yeah. like of us saying it on video. So then it's like sealed. With like a secret code word and like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like we'll have like the, the envelope with the little Harry Potter seal, <gasps> the little red yes. stamp. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> We're great at making plans, guys. <laughs> And you know it won't be me because you already put in the clause of this friendship that I can't stab you. That's true. Yeah. And you don't break clauses. So mm-hmm. you're not that kind of girl. No. No. I'll re- I respect that. You don't want me to stab you. Thank you. I, I appreciate I appreciate the boundary. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's just such a sad story that, you know, that she had to, first of all, be in this abusive relationship. But then finally get away and try to better herself and her life and, you know, just try to make her life better for her and her kids. But then she ends up just getting murdered by this guy anyways. Like, it's so messed up. Um, so, again, we kind of wanted to just put in some, uh, you know, numbers that you can call if you are dealing with a domestic violence situation you know so if you or someone you know is struggling with any type of domestic violence please reach out to the national domestic violence hotline so you can call 800-799-SAFE which is 800-799-7233 you can also text start to 88788 Um, you can also even go to the hotline.org where they have a live chat to talk to someone for help it's available 24 7 It's free, and it's always confidential, so you don't have to worry about, you know, feeling feeling unsafe about it. Um, It's definitely important because no one should have to go through domestic violence. Um, And obviously, in this case, Michelle went through it. She got out, but this monster just continued on and took her life away from her and her children. So definitely, we don't need any more people doing things like this. And if there's any way to prevent it, um, we definitely want to help spread the numbers and help people out. So just remember, you are never alone. There are people out there that are like you and that can help you. Yeah, definitely. Um, so sad story. Um, but on that note, it is the end um, of a very long day. Yeah. Guys, when we tell you the technical difficulties, we sat in here. How long were we in here? Like two hours trying to figure this shit out? We even had our personal editor slash merch manager slash <laughs> um, technical guy, and it still failed. Yeah, I don't know why. Like, I don't know. I ordered a new mic. Fingers freaking crossed. I mean, it was kind of nice. We made lots of eye contact this episode because we're sitting so close. We're sitting close. 
I feel more connected to you this episode. Aww. <laughs> oh, but yeah. Um, on that note, thanks for listening. Um, again, donate to enter into the contest. You can go um on our Facebook and find our uh, PayPal account that you can donate to, or go on horrorwineandcrime.com and hit the donate button. Um, yeah, lots of good stuff. So definitely want to get that in for this month. Yep, keep up on all social sites. We are there. And also any thoughts, comments can be emailed to us at horrorwineandcrime at gmail.com or on Facebook, Instagram. Find us. We're there. Yep. Um, If you have any suggestions, message us, email us, whatever. We like to hear your thoughts. And don't forget to go on Apple iTunes and leave your stars and comments. Yes, we definitely want to see that. So, on that note, we got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Facts. Stay <laughs> creepy. We got to go. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.